Moment of Fear by Too Many Curls, narrated by Too Many Curls. This story is posted at hpfanfictalk.com with a rating of teen and an advisory for violence. Chapter 5. Serious. I will permit fear to pass over me and through me, and when it has gone I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Frank Herbert, Litany Against Fear. With his head tilted up towards the sky above, Sirius watched the last two things he cared about in the world leave him forever, his godson Harry and his motorbike. The clock was ticking. He had to find the rat before magical law enforcement, or worse, his friends, arrived. Sirius looked on the ruined house for a moment more before saying, Goodbye, Prongs. He returned to his flat and paced the length of the sitting room, trying to marshal his thoughts. Dumbledore's message last night to check on the others had set Sirius on edge. Finding Peter's tiny flat cleared out caused a slight panic to rise in his chest. The sight of James and Lily's house in ruins and full of death had nearly stopped Sirius's heart. Between the horror of losing his best friend and realizing that he would be the target of suspicion and revenge, Sirius felt that all hope had left the world forever. Where was Peter hiding? He needed to find his wormy friend. In the hours that passed, Sirius cycled through numb disbelief, rage, and sobbing in fits of incoherent mumbling. He was not stable, nor was he thinking clearly, as the night brought him through horror and back. Sirius was unable to completely lose himself in grief or pull himself together. He was stuck in a forsaken, emotional wasteland. The only thought that rang true was that he needed to find Peter. Sirius needed to avenge his friends, but he didn't want to do it alone. If only he could go to Mooney for help. But Remus would see Sirius as a killer. Why didn't they tell others that Peter was a secret keeper? By the time the sun rose the next morning, he had a plan. It wasn't well formed and would likely fail, but Sirius was going to find Peter by starting with his flat and moving to places Peter might think to go. Sirius wished he'd paid more attention to the habits of his former friend. Remus was the ever-observant person who would have listed at least eight potential hideouts for the worm. Remus is gone, too. There is no one left. Peter's flat was the same as it had been the previous evening when Sirius stopped in to check on, the, to check on his treacherous friend. Most of his personal effects were gone. There wasn't anything about the emptiness that hinted at a destination for Peter. Sirius did find a letter from Peter's mum, dated a few weeks ago. Would he hide with his money? Deciding that Lewisham Borough of London, where Sirius remembered Peter saying he grew up, would be as good a place to start as any, Sirius left the abandoned flat. Sirius did not find Peter in his search. Instead, the rat cornered the dog. Not at all up to his usual standards of wand work, Sirius found himself bamboozled and tricked by his usually clumsy and bumbling quarry. The entire situation seemed like a joke to Sirius. The explosion Peter caused in his escape barely registered as Sirius let out a low, carrying laugh. Peter, I'll find you, Sirius muttered as bits of debris floated through the air. How had Peter bested Sirius Black? Sirius closed his eyes and imagined what James would have said at this. Did you have your wand on you when this happened? James's voice drifted through Sirius's imagination. Of course I had my wand in my hand. 
I also remembered to wear pants today, Sirius retorted at his friend's voice. Wouldn't be the first time you've gone out under dress, James, reminded him. Even in death, a faint smile could be heard in James's voice. Back to this business about Wormtail getting the better of you. Were you beguiling someone with a pretty smile at the time? Sirius grinned at no one in particular. Haven't seen Mooney smile in a while, mate. Sirius told his dead friend's voice. I might just be having an off day. It's not every day my best friend dies. Magical law enforcement had arrived and were closing in on Sirius. His smile and conversation with no one unnerved many of them as they approached. Sirius was muttering and laughing to himself as one of them, a broad-shouldered blonde bloke, disarmed the incoherent suspect and bound his hands together. Suddenly, as if surprised by their presence, Sirius yelled, Peter! It was Peter! The laugh that left his lips was manic and disturbed the wizard holding Sirius. How could someone laugh with all the bodies around him, dead in the street? With a jolt, Sirius drew himself out of the conversation he was having with James. He had explained to his friend about the death and evident betrayal, and was just about to ask if Mooney was there, when a jerk of his arm let Sirius know he wasn't alone. Looking around, he could see he was in a street crawling with ministry employees. He was bound and gagged, with his wand no longer in his hand. There will be a chance to explain. Sirius knew the process for cycling through those accused of helping Voldemort. There would be a hearing, and he would get a chance to explain what happened, how they switched. Of course, this would mean convincing Dumbledore. The headmaster's trust often meant freedom and pardon for those who were otherwise untrustworthy in the eyes of the wizarding world. Would Dumbledore hear the truth? Sirius drifted into a melancholy and reached a moment of clarity in the cold, dark room. Was it Azkaban? No, certainly not. There hadn't been a trial yet, had there? Sirius's mind was overwhelmed with grief and loathing. He felt the fool for suggesting they use Peter as secret keeper. It had been his assurance that Peter was the safer choice that convinced James to switch. Sirius stood up and started to pace the mostly dark room. It was about the size of a room cupboard. A flash of a memory hit Sirius. It was of hiding in a broom cupboard with James, the first of what would be many times. Sadness and loss threatened to drown the young man. He took refuge in a conversation with James. You're locked in a broom cupboard? James's voice came to him from a distance now. And you're not trying to snog Mooney again. James knew Remus and Sirius fell apart months back, but always used light ribbing to remind his friend who he was meant to be with once they stopped being obtuse about the whole thing. There's a definite lack of snogging here, Prongs, Sirius told his friend. Even in the worst of situations, James and Sirius used humor to open up before going on to harder subjects. I think I'm being charged with murder. There were dead muckles in the street. They'll check your wand, and you'll be as free as a doxy. A few moments passed before either of them spoke. Sirius... Will you watch out for our Harry? Sirius took a moment to run his hands through his dark, shoulder-length hair, trying to respond. I'll do whatever it takes to be a good godfather, Sirius said without really knowing what that would entail. I'll make sure he plays Quidditch, and that he doesn't waste his time studying when he could be... Hiding in a broom cupboard with his best mate, James offered. 
Sirius laughed good-naturedly and sat back down on the cold stone floor. I'm going to miss you, James said quietly. I don't want to be alone, Sirius confided to the voice in his head. Will you stay with me? This is your head, Padfoot. I'll probably be here as long as you keep me. There was a bang at the door. Sirius looked towards the noise and felt unsure about what he should do. A crisp voice met his ears. Stay back from the door. We have ten aurors with their wands pointed at the entrance. Sirius stayed where he was as the door opened to reveal what seemed to be the brightest light to ever burn into his eyes. You are being transferred to Azkaban, the man told him from the doorway. What about my trial? Sirius asked, feeling his stomach lurch. There had to be a trial. I need to speak to Dumbledore. The evidence against you is insurmountable, Black. You will not waste the Wizengamot's time with whatever pointless story you've concocted. Sirius felt his body go rigid. At first he thought it was out of fear, but then he realized he had been put into a full-body-bind curse. Two of the wizards came forward to drag Sirius out of his cell. The brief glimpses Sirius had as he was being taken away told him he had been in the ministry. Sirius felt the eerie cold ebb towards him before he saw the horde of Dementors. If he had been in control of his body, a scream would have left his mouth when one of the creatures seized his arm. The fear that washed over him was unlike anything else he had felt before. Sirius was going to be taken away and left to rot. He would never have a family, and he would never spend a lazy afternoon discussing Quidditch with his friends. He was going to be alone. The only steadying thought he had as a swarm of Dementors circled their new guest was the certainty he felt of his innocence. Innocence turned out to be a nasty friend in Azkaban. It was not a happy thought, nor was it one of solace. Sirius was alone, trapped on an island, and surrounded by a horde of hooded terrors. That was enough to make any person go out of their mind with fear. Sirius wasn't sure what he was supposed to experience while in this most menacing of prisons, but he did not feel the same all-consuming terror that the others seemed to exude. Most spent their time screaming as if living through their worst moments. Sirius felt his mind slipping away, but was not engulfed in horrific visions of the past. After a period, Sirius wasn't quite sure how long it had been. He felt on the verge of subsuming to the terror and giving himself to fear as the others had. He wasn't sure why he had not lost his sense of self, as others who came after him did in a matter of hours. What was it that caused hardened criminals to go moan and cry? A sudden thought crossed into Sirius's mind. Maybe he wasn't being impacted like the other prisoners. They still had hope. Sirius felt that emotion leave his body when he bade farewell to his best mate and godson. Curiosity took hold of Sirius days later. If he wasn't going mad, or had gone there and was quite at his ease with it, could he still do magic? Sirius hadn't attempted magic without his wand before. Children do their first magic without a wand. Surely an adult could figure it out. Sirius practiced on the most basic spells to begin. It was painful to struggle once again with magic that he and James had struggled together with. He felt each spell was a burning reminder that his friend was indeed gone. After failing to do so much as levitate a pebble, Sirius finally managed the simple spell. The ability to do magic gave him the drive to maintain some of his mind and most of his power. He could stay strong and work up to becoming a dog again. 
As the dog, he could let the encroaching terror pass over him, like fog over the water. Sirius tracked time by how many prisoners had died. It took him six deaths to turn into the big black dog. Feeling his canine self was a welcome reprieve from the constant emotional assault he got from the prison guards. It soon became clear to Sirius that they could not tell the difference between a mad wizard and an animal. They might be almost the same thing. Surely the Dementors would have otherwise noticed when they passed that a black dog was in his cell. The full moon always pushed Sirius's mind to his only living friend. Longing to see Remus again, the thought of escape flitted across the prisoner's mind. Sirius quickly pushed the thought aside. Surely freedom would cause that emotion the Dementors were so quick to feast on. Deciding that cowardice would never suit the Gryffindor, Sirius let his mind roam back to that elusive thought. With his magical abilities still intact, and the Dementors' inability to closely track him as a dog, Sirius could leave and make his way back to England. Where would he go? Surely all of his gold was in a security hold. Dumbledore may kill the accused traitor. Remus may do worse than kill him. Harry was a child and wouldn't know who he was. The idea of freedom was not a happy thought. The ability to be free, but not be able to enjoy freedom with the people he cared for, was more confining than the cell that kept him prisoner. It was this thought that beckoned James back to him. You could go into hiding, James offered, without true conviction in his voice. I'm practically hiding in here, Sirius reminded his friend's ethereal voice. I don't see the point in breaking out just to be on the run. James took a few moments to reply. Sirius could picture his oldest friend tussling his hair and thought. The image was bitter in his mind's eye. You need proof that you're innocent, James offered. With a sigh, Sirius started on the explanation he'd been giving himself about Peter's evident disappearance. I know that Git is not the brightest wand at Ollivander's, but he's been smart about his charade. Wormtail must be hiding, or else they'd know I didn't kill him. Then it's obvious. You have to wait him out, James said with a touch of impatience. You're safe here. Well, the Dementors aren't harming you like they have the others. Once you break out, you'll be hunted. I don't know if I can be here. Be trapped, waiting for the traitor to make a mistake, Sirius said with his face buried in his hands. How can I help Harry if I'm slowly wasting away in the cell, he said, hoping that the mention of his son would push James to encouraging his escape. When Harry needs his godfather, you'll find a way to be there. I know you will, Padfoot. You were there for me through the best years of my life. You'll do whatever it takes for him. James spoke these words with such confidence and conviction that Sirius felt his eyes moisten and sting. I'll wait for Harry, Sirius confirmed with his friend's voice. For the first time since James's death, Sirius felt an emotion dangerously close to hope or happiness. It was purpose. He was meant to wait for a sign that he was needed by his godson. Sirius did not know when or how he'd get that signal, but he was ready to spring into action at a moment's notice. All he needed to do now was follow his path.